Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 99th edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by the amazing Spider-Man Defense Force, Jaden. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. And PTA's number one fanboy, a.k.a. the Peacemaker, a.k.a. Fitzy, a.k.a. Liam. Hello. Yo. 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 Excited to talk about some cinema. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some real cinema is what we're about to talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Cinema Effect podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single monday and this week that movie is alien cubed which opened in the u.s on the 22nd of may 1992 it was directed by david fincher it is a sci-fi horror film and the synopsis says after her last encounter ellen ripley crash lands on furio furiana 161 they call it fury it's called fury a maximum security prison when a series of strange and deadly events occur, shortly after her arrival, Ripley realises that she has brought along an unwelcome visitor. Can you guess what that visitor is? No chance. Liam, Alien 3, how many times have you seen it? What do you think? This is my first rewatch. It's a very weird film. Um, you know, she goes to this weird planet, all these rapists are here and they're like it's very like bloody but it's not really particularly tense or anything and it's i don't know very weird and grimy and i don't fully understand it um and the cgi is really bad and it's weird guys it's weird guys i agree i agree Jaden. so this is my first rewatch as well um and I've only ever seen the the, the, the the assembled cut, the special edition of the film. Right. Um, I didn't. I wasn't even aware that there was because I, I knew that Fincher didn't want anything to do with the project since then. So I didn't. I think they made a second cut, but then turns out they did. Um, that's the one I've seen, and I'm not sure how much of it is actually a good product compared to the original. But um, Alien Three has always been one that has been on the cusp of liking and loving honestly um but yeah i do like it it's odd it's different it, it feels like a franchise killer because that's kind of what it was designed to be but i quite like it interesting okay okay um in terms of, so in terms of the versions disney plus they had this the the theatrical um but it's so funny that it's called an assembly cut. Actually, I've got. Hang on, let me get into this this trivia here quickly. A bit out of order here, but um, this has got sort of the recurring narrative, probably of all the trivia and conversation around this movie that's existed for years, but and will continue here. Uh, first time director David Fincher disowned this film, stating in an interview, "I had to work on it for two years, got fired off it three times, and had to fight for every single thing. No one hated it more than me. To this day, no one hates it more than me." He cited constant studio interference during production and actually walked out when the studio rejected his initial cut and ordered reshoots. He was not involved in the final theatrical cut, but his initial rough cut later became the basis for the assembly cut, a longer version of the film uh, that released on Blu-ray. Although Fincher was asked to work on this assembly cut, he considered it but eventually decided against it, um, instead giving the job to a producer he trusted. But that's why it's not called a director's cut. He didn't want it to be called a director's cut because it's essentially a cut that sort of more resembles his original vision, but not he didn't have anything to do with it, if that makes sense. So that's interesting. How how, how different did you find this theatrical, Jane? Is it quite? I haven't seen the theatrical. 
Oh, so you watched the assembly again? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I didn't really want to put myself through a theatrical and like try and like the possibly tarnish my perception of it. Yeah, interest. That's so interesting. So like, I don't know. I guess we'll find out how different they are when I, I'm like, hey, remember that moment? And you're all just like, no. We just watch different well, movies. Reading through the trivia should tell you a bit, a bit about what's different, right? Because you know, like I, the, I, the dog and the ox is the, is a, is a difference. But you know, in terms of what the, the xenomorph starting yeah. there with an with an ox, okay. Mm-hmm. I wonder where that will take us. But for me, watching the theatrical anyway, what a what an uninteresting bland movie to experience. My eyes glazed over watching this thing. Uh, I don't know, story, acting, direction, it's all just so, it's just forgettable, man. There's nothing going on here. And uh, people waited years for this in the cinema, you know, and then people waited years more for that assembly cut, which hopefully, you know, which I may or may not watch one day, hopefully, Jaden seems to like it, so hopefully it redeemed it in the eyes of some people, but my God, this thing, I don't know, it's not a travesty, but I'm also sort of starting to reflect on the fact of how uninteresting and boring it was, like maybe that should make that. that I've, I'm starting to like reassess how I feel in terms of things because just because it's like coherent and just because it makes sense, like, is not an excuse for how like uninterested I was watching this thing. So I didn't enjoy it. I did not like it. Well, okay. Well, I, I don't. So I'm very. I'm going to try and as we go, just decipher like how different this other cut is. Uh, do you know the difference? Like, how long was yours, Jaden? Two hours, 18. Holy shit, that's half an hour longer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That's super interesting. So did you get the, the intro? Do you have an, uh, the sort of unsettling intro uh, with, like, the vocal score and the quick inserts? You know, we've got the actors' names coming up and then flashes of shit. You got that? I quite like that. I was, I was so in on I. that. Yeah. I thought it was quite – I thought it was better than Aliens' intro and sort of was something different and – was probably maybe undeniably the most tense part of the movie because I was sort of like, oh, shit, oh, that's creepy. And, like, the score was cool and they had, like, the music going on. I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. Oh, and yes, then the music um, going on. You know? But you, you know what I mean? There was, like, the vocals, like the yeah. creepy, the creepy like, uh, sort of religious stuff. It was quite interesting. I love the religious stuff in the film. Yeah, with all the prisoners. Yeah. So in this cut, that I watched, Fitzy, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just such, it's just not explored at all, right? Like, the, okay, I, like they say that they're they're prisoners and they found God, and we and we see how they behave. Like they've got the shaved heads and they, I don't know, they sort of kneel down and shit. But like, it's not like thematically relevant in any way, as far as I can see. Like, there's nothing interesting going on. Mm. Yeah, no, not really, but. I mean, I guess what you said with the vocals, like the angelic vocals, it does kind of give a weird vibe to it because, like, the film looks, like, really kind of ugly, but then you kind of have that, like, back current, back theme of, like, you know, Christianity or, like, like hope or grace or whatever. And, like, that is especially present with, like, Ripley's sacrifice, I guess. Oh, sure. But, yeah, like, it's not explored in the men other than the fact that they're like i don't know they're trying to be better people i guess that is one thing that keeps coming up yeah but i just don't give a shit about any of them at all like not no not one percent of me gives one shit you know 
they're just so uninteresting, so boring, dude. But that's the crazy thing. Like, I really like that opening score and you call it angelic vocals. That's a great way to put it. But it was just like, it just felt like such a missed opportunity in my cut. You know, my cut. You know what I mean? The cut I watched. (laughs) The cut we watched. It was just like, there's something interesting here. Like, I like the idea. I like some of the execution and some of the stylistic choices to back it up. But then there's just, there's nothing in the final, like, working script that I viewed to to cling on to, to sort of sink my teeth into and think about, you know, this is this is nothing there at all. How does that how does that change for you, Jane? Why did you enjoy the religious stuff so much? And if you can maybe like describe every scene where it's different. <laughs> well, I'm not aware of what's different or not. But like so like but don't you get like a lot of talk about like cuz like there's quite there's quite a lot of talk about God and and, and like and like um just within scenes or just be characters like talking about like those like don't you know don't swear or don't curse in the name of God but then they all swear and stuff like that. It's like there's lo- there's lots of moments of like religious insert throughout um i don't i don't know like um it's oh i I remember the cursing there was one scene i remember where like someone corrected someone for like saying like shit or something yeah it was like that but which which edition that's crazy uh disney plus theatrical yes yeah um yeah i mean like i i just do like religion in my products i i think i think it's really Cool oh yeah when it's explored yeah and i like the way that i like this kind of i don't know i i love the way that it adds to this planet and the atmosphere of it it's kind of this you know neo-gothic nature um what the, what are you doing about earth initially uh-huh. <laughs> i love the religion adds to this planet yeah. <laughs> yeah all the wars it inspires and stuff like that um it's really cool dude yeah <laughs> Um. Yeah. I, I. I like. I can't tell you about every time it happens, though. No. Sorry. No. 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 That's cool. I mean, I'm sure the added runtime and, um, I don't know, just spending more time with some of those themes, and I'm sure it's done better. Fincher. I'm sure he knew what he was doing with that stuff. It just didn't. It didn't play out. Um. In this version. I mean, the most all. important one is is the shot of like the cross on the planet. Like, did you get that shot at least? Like, it's very early in the film. I don't um, at all. Just after like Ripley's been taken into the facility, and you get like an establishing shot of like the beach, and like it's kind of like lost in the machinery. A beach? But... Well, not the beach, but like you know, like kind of like the you know, like the water, like like the like kind of industrial and like landscape how it like blends into the waterfront. I don't recall that at all, Fitzy. Do you? Um, I want no, I don't remember. Every establishing shot I recall of the of the planet of the prison of the setting is like just sort of an over-the-top shot of like just, I don't know, it just looks like an ugly-ass brown building. Hmm. Okay, well, that, I think that that must be different then because like there's definitely like there, there's quite a few. Well, well, hold on. Do you see Ripley get carried into the facility? I don't think so, right? No, I think also, just don't trust me on there. this, but... No. Yeah, I think it just ends up on the medical... Yeah, right. So they find her. So they the, the first scene is when they they find them in the she find they find them in cryosleep and they're like digging through, and she's like, "Oh, this one's still alive." And then doesn't it just cut to her sort of on the they put her down on the bed? All right, so that's a big difference. So in this one, um, Ripley's been like flung out of the ship and like washes up on the shoreline. Oh shit! No, that's oh, totally not it. And, that's and, totally and, not at all. And like Charles Dance finds her. And like you know, and he, he picks her up and he carries her off, 
Um, and like in that, like you, you then see them go get sent back to the ship, you know, and they're like, they're looking for, um, you know, they look for more survivors and, and like, um, and you get like a lot of, you get, you get a few more shots of like the, 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 the surrounding landscape. Holy Jesus. No, that is, no, no, that's definitely not in this. That's okay. crazy. That's and like, crazy. That's, yeah. It's just throughout, there's a few shots of like, you know, just the exterior and stuff like that. And it really adds to the, the aesthetic of the planet. It's really nice. That's so nice, interesting. It's nice. It's nice. It's sweet. That's so interesting. Wow. So that's so, okay. So everything that we saw in that respect was a reshoot. So then did you get, how did you get introduced to the fact that Bishop, um, what's her, what's the little girl's name? Newt and Mike, Michael Bean. I don't know their names. The three, how did they die for you? We just get told that like, 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 like obviously there's those inserts in the beginning, but you can't show Michael Bean because he refused to allow his likeness to be used in the film. Yes. Um, so it's, it's all off screen and stuff. And like they find Ripley, then they go back and then like, it, like, you know, in the search after like, I don't know, a couple of seconds, it just cuts away. And then we find out later, you know, Charles Dance tells them, you know, they're both dead. We have him in the morgue and then they go to the, what did you get the autopsy scene? Yeah. Where okay, they, yeah. they, yeah. And they yeah. go into new. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's that. That's okay. That's so interesting. So in this cut, that we get the little thing where they sort of all the prisoners like discover the crash ship and sort of dig into it, and there's the three sleeping pods next to each other, and we get this actually like sort of in my opinion what was sort of a cool little montage moment where what they do is they then they put the camera on like the the cryo chamber and and inside the corpse of Newt they do it for all of them but say Newt and then it comes up on like this little HUD comes up on the side of the screen like um like little graphics come up and it's like meant to simulate a computer and it's like Newt oh 12 year unidentified 12 year old girl and then it like does like the fake little imaging like it's deciphering her face and then it goes deceased and then it cuts and it was sort of it was like a little weird like editing montage mm. they put in yeah and and they sort of, so they just sort of confirm it through like a computer scene where then they just show their corpses in the cryo sleep. Um, Wait, so what, what did Jaden? What do you have for that? Like, how are you explained the death? Charles Charles Dance just tells you. Yeah. Oh, like, like in, in the medical the, yeah, in the infirmary, she asked. So I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that that's I, like because I, I don't remember. You'd remember really this. Bit. That this was. Yeah. It was very like it was an obvious moment to me. It was quite. It was interesting. I don't know. Could just be an idiot. So. No, that's that's super interesting. But that's so funny because that's obviously a reshoot, and it's. I mean, I guess it was done. The studio, I guess, felt that it needed to be more obvious because it's in your face. Like this, hey guys, Newt died. You know, like. <laughs> well, so Charles Dance explains the death of the girl in the like the infirmary in this one. But does he explain like the deaths of the other people? He tells you that. Well, he tells you that Hicks is dead as well, and he tells you that. Bishop is just smashed beyond repair. Or like he's just like just completely in an like obsolete state. Okay. That's well, okay, this is this is very interesting. I'm enjoying this. Um so Charles Dance then, right? Mm. He's he's in this movie, which was a fun fun moment <laughs> for me. Um I did not expect it. He is great. Like I just enjoy him on screen. He's just I just love his voice, you know. He's just a great actor anyway. Oh yeah, Jane. For you, did Charles Dance just randomly die? Well, how do you say? How do you mean randomly? So he gives his. He's the only prisoner in this cut that has any sort of development or yeah. any sort of backstory, and he basically he tells Ripley this backstory, 
which was interesting actually of him being a doctor and prescribing the wrong dose, etc. And then literally, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, like a minute after he gives the backstory, he just gets like killed in that room. Yeah, that's what happens. Oh, okay. okay. And like you, you see, like head get crushed by the alien a bit, and, and like the oh, you see his head get crushed. Oh yeah, we see that. Yeah, like, do we? Like, like like in the curtain, like the, the like the alien like wraps up his head a bit, and, like pushes it, and then like oh, takes Jesus. up the vent. Oh, I forgot that. That's messed yeah. up, dude. Yeah, we see it get like smashed. But you see, that's so. Wow. There's the difference is that I, I guess it's not directly related to his character, but his character isn't the only one that gets developed. Okay. I don't know how much. In, in so like d- does 85 get developed in yours or like does who the hell is 85 <laughs> 85 is the is like the second in command bloke oh right because do, do you spend much time with him uh i guess more than others but once yeah. he becomes a leader we get a little bit of time with him. okay yeah and then the other the, the other big one that i know of is um i don't know his name but he's like the kind of preacher one like the one you describe as a preacher he gives the speech when in at the incinerator, like. Not Dylan, like, huh? Not is Dylan. It, is that the name? Is that who it is? Let me let me have a look at the. Gives the list. speech. The black guy. It's the black guy. Yeah. Always say it. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is it? Oh yeah, Dylan. Yeah, okay. Dylan's black guy. Is it? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you get some time with him. Yeah, Charles S. Dutton. That's the guy. I'm well, we get like a little bit with him. Like he's definitely like, the next most important but we don't, we don't really get like development per se oh, yeah no so i think that's so i think reading someone's review i think that i think that's that, that's something that i said is like one of the bigger takeaways from between like theatrical and that is that you spend a lot of time with them and like do you get the scene where like ripley nearly gets raped and then he saves her I yeah really do. oh you do he like hits him yeah yeah, yeah okay because i thought because yeah. like, i thought yeah. i thought that wasn't in there because in the review it, it says that that was removed in the theatrical release yeah, anyway, yeah, so like, I think we spend a lot more time with him and he gets redeemed a bit as a character. Right. So so in this version, for me, when he... That, that seems to happen. Like, he, in broad strokes. But for me, it was just like the most forced bullshit in this entire movie where, dude, there's like a scene where he's like, why should we put our ass on the line for you? And while they're like trying to organise you know, their defense against the Xenomorph. He's like, bro, do you know what movie you're in? Like, this is Alien. And and she's explained that there's an alien. Everyone else seems to understand. And it's just like, it was just so bizarre. He's like, are you, like what else are you going to do? You're just going to sit here? Like, you may as well do something. And then- Are you sure he says that? He does. He 100% says, why should we put our ass on the line for you? And then, like, in the next scene or something, he, he just sort of, he just turns really quick. He's just like, suddenly he's like, then- there's like one or two extra chains. There's a scene where he like he he's gonna kill her but doesn't. Ripley, where he like hits the he goes to like hit her in the head to. Execute oh yeah, there's her. that. There's that, and he doesn't do it. And then for, so there's that scene which was kind of out of place, in my opinion. And then, and then he sort of just sacrifices himself at the end, and that's it. And yeah. So really so confused. so so this fills out his story a lot more. Okay. Um, he doesn't just she she goes to him. To, she she goes and asks him to kill her, right? Like that's what yes. happens in yours, yeah. Yes, yeah. And he doesn't do it, yeah, for whatever reason. Um. But like, I'm pretty sure from this, like, as like as soon as, as soon as Charles Dance gets taken, I think she has a little chat with him. But then from that point onwards, and like you know he's a bit adverse to it. But then like from that point onwards, he's 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 
100% on board and he's kind of like one of the main driving factors of catching the alien and shit like that. Interesting. Okay. Right. I, I, I think I think it's it probably all plays out the same, but there's just more in between to make it make sense. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which is, I mean, that's that's all you that's all you need in a film. <laughs> um, yeah. No. So he, yeah, here through my experience watching it was just felt so weird. Like at the end when is it? I assume it's the same at the end when he like he tells Ripley to climb. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think that's I think that's that's a good moment. Yeah, the scene the scene's fine. It's just like for it's so funny how the context surrounding it and the amount of time you spent with the character beforehand and and how that's all executed beforehand changes it. Because for me, watching it, it was just so weird. It was just like I felt nothing. And, like, uh, the scene itself is fine. Nothing wrong with it. It was just I didn't give a shit, you know. And that's so, but that's so interesting how yeah. no, that I seems think to be it, different. It definitely, it definitely does it a better job of it in the extended cut. Cool. And then in terms of, like, who, what other prisoners? Are there any other prisoners? Because I can't think of any more. Um, like, there's that one that goes mad when he, like, gets drenched in blood. Um, Do we know who no? that is, Fitzy? Golic, I think his name is. I don't know who that is. So he gets, seen, but I don't... He, he gets tied up in the infirmary. Tied up. Hmm. I don't think anyone gets he, tied he, up. He's in the scene because, like, it's like in the scene where the alien kills those two blokes. He's he's like the third one there, and he gets drenched in the blood, and he gets kind of mad, and he starts raving about a dragon, and then like, um, he he, he keeps on re, like appearing. Oh yeah, in the yeah. Scenes. Dragon, I remember that. And like he, then he like he's the one that lets the alien go. Yeah, yeah, he's like really scared of it. Wait, does someone let the alien go in your version? Well, he doesn't let it go, but he like almost does. Like doesn't close the door. Well, yeah, he goes in there to to go like seek his wisdom or some shit, and like he lets it go essentially. No, he like purposefully lets it go. Well, I don't I don't know if it's purposely, but like you know, he opens the door because he wants to see it. That's not oh, I don't going. think that happened. I don't think that happened. That was not made clear to me at all. If that's what was happening, well, that's that, that's what happens. <laughs> that, you, this is so interesting to me because now I've just got no idea if I'm a moron or if it actually is different. <laughs> you know, so um, <laughs> is it like so? Is it like when the alien is like, it's like on Ripley's ass and like on David, like. And it's like it's gone through all the like the maze, kind of all the doors and stuff. So this is after that point because he gets trapped up, he gets trapped in the room and he's trapped in there for a period of time. Oh, okay, that didn't happen. And then so like during that time, uh, Ripley's talking to um, eighty five, and she's like, um, "Let's message the company again because I have a feeling something's going on." So she messaged him and she's like, and she goes to the company. Can we? Are we allowed to kill this alien? Because we have it trapped up, and they're like, "No, do not kill it." That does not happen. And then from that point, like, she's like, all right, so we need to figure out a way to kill it, whatever. And then in that time is when Golic goes and sets it free. That that does not happen, right, Fitzy? I don't okay. think so, no. no. I don't think they ever trap it, actually. They don't, no, they never. So that sounds like they have a moment where they actually succeeded. Yeah. No, no, that does not happen. And they trap it, they put a guard on. You know, no, no, yeah, that's no, definitely that is, different. That does not happen in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. This version that is that is crazy, dude. So yeah. for us, that's why I was so I was so unengaged by I mean the movie overall, but just more <laughs> the more it went on, because sort of anywhere in that second half, the whole thing just felt like that's so interesting because it sounds like there's meant there was meant to be like a more logical sort of beat, 
where like they they have a plan, they execute the plan, it works, and then there's drama with the company, and then that releases it. Like that seems like that starts to make sense in my mind. Whereas in the last hour of the version I watched, anyway, to me it was like the whole thing was just a blur of like they're making a plan, and the is animal still running around, and nothing really happens at all. They're sort of just like there's in, uh, scenes here and there where like Xenomorph kills one of them or chases one of them, and then nothing really happens other than just sort of occasional running around. And Ripley, like, oh, then and Ripley finds out she's got it inside her. That does happen. That's sort of the only pivotal story beat until the company turns up at the end. Yeah, well, like in Jaden's, it seems like there's a break from the action a bit where you get the alien traps. But here, it's it's kind of it's always running around for the last forty minutes. Yeah, and so and it's it kind of like together. a massive like finale, kind of. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it feels it's it's like a. But it didn't feel like a finale. It just felt like an yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. It, it was really awkward. It was weird. So in that case, so so Ripley notifies the company to come. Yeah, because she tells 85 to, because like, um, she, like I don't know, they, like they were just talking about like, I don't know, like um, some shit. And she's like, because like, they're talking about like the the rescue, like um, escort. And he's like, oh yeah, they'll be here in like four or five days, or something like that. And she, you know, she's like, let's go, uh, let's go talk to him a bit again. And like as they're, you know, liaising, um, you know, she she goes, let me try something, because like she's like, um, they're gonna they want to come here and take it. And like eighty five's like, no, nah, no, nah, they won't. So she sends off that message, and you know, about like, oh, we, can we kill it? Or that they can't kill it because you know they're fucking technically inept. Um, yeah. But she sends that as like a bait to show him that you know they're not coming here to, you know save them per se right so in 85 just calls them in this version right William doesn't 85 go and do it Ripley does not call them well they're in the office together on like the computer mm. but, that, but that's not the same scene where they where he is with her like scanning her body for the xenomorph that Inside happens her. like pretty soon after I believe. No, that's so. I believe. Hang on, I, I, that's the, I think that's the first scene they have together, like one on one. Oh us. really? Oh no, no. Yeah, maybe. Well, one thing I didn't me, understand was like Ripley like wanted something from him, like some code or something. Like he wanted him to do something with the message, something. Like yeah. Her. So she like that's the thing. Like she wanted him to type out that message asking for permission to kill it, but he wouldn't do it because he didn't. He, he didn't want to... Oh, wait, hold on. Or is that something different as well? I don't know, because in this one, like, she wanted some code or something from him. And he was like, oh, I can't do that. And he, yeah. was, he was, like, giving her up, it felt like. But I didn't understand what was happening. No, I think the same thing happens in this one. Where, like, it's that scene I'm talking about where she's asking for, like, the code to, like, communicate with them. Where, like, you know, to send them a message or some shit. But it sounds like that scene where they establish what the code is was cut out because i don't know what the code is well they never established the code is what they, they just go together and like he starts typing and then she takes over but i don't i don't think that's in the i don't think that part <laughs> is in it you know what i mean yeah yeah they talk about it but it's like oh but Zach, so do you remember the scene where like ripley's confronting 85 about something and she like wants something and they have like he's like not allowing her to do something it's got something Vaguely. to do with some code or something, and he's like saying, "He's like saying, like it's in you, like it's over, like 
with nothing we can do or something like something it's like along those lines he's saying that we can wait for the rescue team to cut it out of you where she wants to kind of kill herself i think but he says there's going to be a medical bay on the ship or whatever. You know, he says, like, we can cut it out of you. And she's saying, there's not time. Let me just, you know. I don't know. It was, it was something I don't, I don't, know it I don't I don't recall him saying anything along the lines of you can, we'll cut it out. Like him being overly uh, wanting to save her, like wanting to cut it out. Yeah, I think that's just a difference. You know? That's so weird. God damn, this movie. <laughs> What a weird ass movie! Oh my god, um, there is just some weird stuff going on. Did you, so you got, I imagine, the same like just trash looking full body CG xenomorphs. Um, like we got some, like like yeah, it, it, there's like some like ex, like you know wide shots that kind of have like that CG look. Yeah, yeah. Um. But in the assembly edition, they do go back and redo the CG to make it look a bit better. Oh, interesting, cool. Um, it still okay. doesn't look good by any means, but like it, okay. it, it looks better, is what I heard. It's two thousand three um, CG versus yeah ninety two. But you do get like you still get like some like close ups of like you know, like a proper alien look, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which no, is there really, is because like it's it's really interesting that like the ones in like those close ups where like it's really in your face and like it's kind of handling the the prisoners. It looks very different to the CG versions. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, yeah. the practical alien, the puppet, still looks terrific. Like, oh, yeah. There's that one, if I recall, where he kills it, he, whatever, I don't know what gender it is, and the xenomorph kills. Isn't it a queen? I guess it's a she. Kills no, the. It's like a queen. It's not? Didn't. Hang on. Wait, what the fuck? That, like, like, so, like, this one came from just, like, a random face hugger. That, 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 like, you know, impregnated the, the, the ox or the dog in your case. But the one in Ripley is the queen. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. That's fine. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That makes, yeah, got it. So, th- but that shot where I think one of the prisoners is in the tunnel and it comes out the other end of the tunnel and it's like looking over there and, you know, mm-hmm. that was a cool shot. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and there's multiple shots where like it's got blood all over it and shit. Like, any, any, yeah, any close-ups with just its head, I think it's still quite well lit and done and uh, mm. still very intimidating. Yeah. It's just, they sort of rely more on, on all the chase sequences where they're just, well, in our version, it just felt like they were running in circles for 40 minutes. Um, yeah. On some CG that doesn't look particularly great at all, but we do get some, do you get like the fisheye POV shots of the Xenomorph? Do you get those? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like when like it's on like the ceiling and shit. Yeah. And it like sort yeah. of the camera t- 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 twists and stuff. I kind of like yeah. that actually. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Your tour vision of David Fitcher seeping through the <laughs> studio cut <laughs> of this goddamn movie. Um, I think, um, the other big yeah. difference I want to talk about before we forget about it is that the ending is different. Where is 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 different? Where like in the theatrical cut, the alien bursts out of Ripley, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, right as so, she's falling. So in this one, it does that doesn't happen. Um, she just you know jumps into the incinerator you know and you know like the the argument tends to be that this version is better because you know in the theatrical cut the the alien bursting out of the chest you know it it it, it, it um it takes away from ripley's sacrifice you know it, it has less weight because she's gonna die because she just dies anyway you know and like the aliens out whereas this way you know she this is her choice and you know she is killing the alien as well and whatever so like yeah 
Mm. But I'd like to see what the alien yeah. bursting out of it looks like. Did it look cool at least? It was fine. No, okay. it, it it looked exactly like you'd imagine it. Right. It was very quick. It was very quick. Like so, you sort of just get one shot where like she's like it's sort of a close up on the chest and it just bursts out, and that's sort of it. And then she does this fall in the line. Yeah. Well, she kind of holds it. She like keeps it in. Oh no, she. I don't recall that. She like tries to. I think she like keeps her hand on top of it and like. Oh okay. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Make sure it's. Make sure she kills it. I guess. But is the. To your knowledge, is the lead up to that the same in terms of ha- having the the com- like the company turns up and they have the mm-hmm. conversation with the real bishop, the real mm-hmm. bloke? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think that I think that's that remains pretty similar. Right. My I actually I like that stuff. It's it's like come it, for me it's like way too little too late. It's like wow you're throwing something interesting in the last five minutes of this movie, but. I I liked that because in the past two films, like the company, I mean, we get a, we spend a little bit of time with like their representatives and stuff at the start of Aliens, but there's sort of this elusive thing that it was they were cool in Alien when they were sort of just in the background, and you sort of like throughout that movie, purely through the perspective of the crew, like come to understand what their int- motivations are, and then in this film. They sort of it comes up again where Ripley's like the company doesn't give a shit about us. They just want to. They just want the Xenomorph alive. And I, and and as she was saying, I'm like, oh, we're still doing this. Like, can we not develop the company a little bit more at this point? But then they turn up at the end. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, wish they'd been there earlier, but that's fine. And then get, I really like that Bishop actor. Oh, I've forgotten his name already. So when he turned up, I was like, oh, this is cool. And he's he's like the human version of Bishop. And he's it, like the whole, do you trust him? Do you not? You know, what are their motivations? Are they true? They're like, the lines are blurred a little bit. Ripley doesn't like give a shit, like does not trust the 1% at all. Um, but I thought, okay, there's actually some drama here, you know? Do you trust this guy? I presume he's just a lying piece of shit, you know? I presume that they're definitely not, because he keeps, he says they're going to kill the alien. I don't believe it, but I don't know. It was like for the, for the first time in this movie, I was sort of like, oh. No, there's, there's a line where it's here. like, um. There's a line where, where, where like when they start shooting at Ripley, and you're like, no, don't shoot it because we need the alien inside it or some shit like that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a very quick line where, where like he he try, well he, he says something along the lines of like don't hurt her or some shit like that. But like it's, I think I, th- I think there's like an extra word in there that implies you know don't hurt her because of the alien or some shit like that. Yeah. yeah, he says something like that in this. He says like how important it is to study it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he says that. Yeah. Yeah. But then I guess, he's, but is he making the argument that then he's, but then once they're done studying it, they're going to kill it? Well, I think he just blurts it out. And he's kind yeah. of admitting. Oh, right. So he's just caught in the, he's just completely caught for lying. He's because, because like when, um, when 85 smacks him in the back of his, of, of his head, like, you know, he gets a bit pissed off and like Ripley try. you know, that's when they start going over the incinerator and he's just like, just think. Okay. Right, right. So I guess when he was like, "We're gonna, we're gonna kill this thing," he was just full of shit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. That was. I mean, it felt a bit random, but it was a nice surprise nonetheless to have like Bishop turn up and him's like, "No, I'm not an android. I'm, I created Bishop." You know? Do we get this guy's name? I don't hmm? recall. He's still Bishop. The, oh, that's his name. Still, like the yeah. human version. His Bishop. His name's Bishop. Yeah. Is that like? That's kind of a. <laughs> You could just call a name an android based off you, just you, you know? It's like if I developed robots that are just clones of me and I was like, they're just all called Zach, you know? 
I'd buy so one. You'd buy one? You'd buy a robot Zach? No, you wouldn't. Let's be real. No one would want that, dude. Uh, one's plenty, you know. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I, I mean, I have to give them credit. I spieled in the Aliens review that, dude, I want Bishop to be involved still because he was my favorite part of that movie, and they and they they delivered. He was here, <laughs> and he did some stuff. So I'm like, all right, well, fair enough. I can't I can't complain too much, can I? And I wasn't actually – I wasn't expecting Ripley to die, to be honest. Oh, yeah, I just really forgot that she actually died. Like, actually – yeah, and now the whole the Alien Four title starts to make a bit more sense, mm. and also I actually terrifies think I was me. for that. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if I want to hear about that. I'm sort of scared about that even more now. Um, but yeah, I, I, there was the the trivia, which sort of confuses me actually, because months before the movie came out, the studio wanted to reshoot Ripley's death because it was too similar to Terminator Two, which you can sort of see. You can see their point. But Hold I hate on. the idea of no that. No spoilers anyway. here. I haven't seen Terminators. That's not. Oh, you don't know the ending of Terminator 2? No. Oh, sorry. Um, well, I didn't explicitly say anything. But you can see their point. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it makes sense. Because, like, you know, I think cause, like they were shooting this and Terminator 2 would have come out. And I think that's why, like, like, you know, and then they did, like, what, three months of reshoots after that, right? Is, is that when the reshoots were? Yeah, yeah. And then two years of editing later for Fincher. So that gets to the 93 release. It's like it makes a lot more sense that way, whereas, yeah, I don't know. God, that's so weird. But the thing is, though, like they, they wanted to change it for that reason, but it, it it is still similar. Like did they – I didn't really understand. Like Even in my version, it's, it's similar. Yeah, but I guess like the, the, the key difference is the alien bursting out. Like that's like, – like, so like, like, That's just, genuinely what they wanted to add to differentiate. That's, that's genuinely what they wanted to add, yeah. That is not make it that much different, really. Like <laughs> – at least the way it's done in the theatrical, like it is, it is a quick, it is a quick moment that the alien bursts out. Like it's not some plot point or anything. Um, that's interesting that they decided to do that. I see. For for me, like you'd want to change the visuals of it. You'd want to change, like it's literally lava. Like you know, you'd want to change that aspect of it. Oh no, it's it's not lava in this one. It's like she just falls into like the incinerator, like flame. Oh really? It was like, lava you know, for us, right? You know how like when um, this no? looks like lava to me. You know how, like, when, like, they burn, like, Newton Hicks's body, like, in the incinerator and she's, like, that massive flame thing? As in what? It's just, mm. like, fire down there. Well, yeah, it's, like, a it's like a controlled fire, like, you know? Like, like, it's, like, it's, like, this massive, like, you know, burning, like, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe that, like maybe, it thing. probably was, it probably just was that for me. I'm probably just misremembering it. Anyway, something hot. We'll say that. <laughs> At one point, David Fincher was denied permission by the film's producers to shoot a crucial scene in the infirmary between Ripley and the alien, where the latter menacingly closes in on Ripley. Against orders, Fincher grabs Sigourney Weaver, a camera, and shot the scene anyway. The scene not only appears in the final cut, but also featured prominently in the trailers, and many regard it as the movie's most iconic shot. I actually don't know which shot this was. I'm just... <laughs> it's, it's, it's when Charles Dance dies, and like... The alien comes down and he he goes like right up into Ripley's face. Got it. Okay. No, I know. I know. I do know that one. I thought I was trying to picture it at the end somewhere, but that makes more sense. Man, I think that just sums it up. Man, can't give this guy permission to shoot that scene. Why not? It's so weird. It's so weird. Mm. I don't mm. understand. It's so bizarre to me. Um, and then there was all you know. There's all this stuff about how they didn't really give a shit about the quality of the film. They just 
I don't, it's so counterproductive. Like this whole, all this studio dramas are so interesting to me and so bizarre to me in, in this particular case. Because, you know, sometimes like the conflict makes sense, you disagree, but it's like, yeah, I sort of see where they come from. This is so bizarre where it's like, apparently like the studio only cared about the film, like they just wanted an alien sequel. They just wanted it to be a financial product that made money. That sort of was their angle on it. And that's where the conflict with Fincher all sort of arised. But it's so it's such a counterproductive method to, first of all, like those studio executives just must have been terrible at their job because any movie studio executive, of course, their goal is to make most money in the box office as possible. But they do that. They all understand that they do that through creating a quality product, at least what they see in their minds as a quality product, you know, and that often comes to conflict with the director and other people involved. And that's where those conflicts arise. But it typically does still come from a place of the executive thinks they're doing what's best for the movie. In this case, it's just like they didn't give a shit about the movie. It was just so weird. And then they spent all this extra money. They spent millions of more dollars on these reshoots and it's like if they they just wait throwing money down the toilet it's just so weird especially when this assembly cut sounds like it was fine how it was you know it just mm. doesn't make any sense it just sounds like a bunch of business people terrible at their jobs more than anything i think i think um sigourney weaver's salary was like one ninth the movie's budget I did. I thought it was five point five million dollars yeah I think, I think it was like a 45 million dollar movie or something like that yeah yeah <laughs> Oh man! Well, just that for inflation, I don't know how. I don't know. Uh, I, had, I had a look. I think it's like eleven million today, or something. Like oh, that. okay. That's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, for Sigourney Weaver, eleven million for one movie. Oh shit! <laughs> shit, yeah. <laughs> shit, yeah. Um, everyone, everyone seems to love Sigourney Weaver, by the way. Just like reading through all this trivia and stuff, I got in here. I won't read the whole thing, but like she publicly completely sided with Fincher and everything and was totally with him. She's always, she always seems to be with the directors. There was that interview with that. There was a guy who was the director who was, who was originally attached to whatever the fifth alien movie was going to be before it became Prometheus and Ridley came back. There was sort of a fifth alien movie and there was a director there and he spoke about how Sigourney was a hundred percent supportive of him. And like, apparently she just like gets along with directors and like is really supportive of their vision and stuff, which is super interesting. Um, yeah, wasn't enough here, I guess. That's really weird. Like the studio didn't want them to film that scene in the infirmary. It's like, it's like they, like I think what you're saying is like the idea was they didn't want, they just wanted an alien product and they wanted something that was, you know, they didn't want Fincher to put too much of like an artistic stamp on it. But it just seems like they were cutting down like opportunities for like necessary scenes and they didn't understand like like what was necessary and what was you know some random like crazy vision of finches like yeah 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 the thing is none of it comes off as crazy or like yeah yeah too altruistic like it's it's all just very like it's like it's such a yeah it's like it's it's like zach said it's just such an odd case of studio interference yeah it's it's it comes across like obviously I'd, i'd be so interested to be a fly on the wall during these conflicts but this one in particular but it's like, just it must have just been like those explicit producers, like these ones, which well, is trash. <laughs> like, uh, wasn't it one of the writers as well? Like, created like a really shit script as well. But then, like, it kind of got forced into like this. So, oh, what I do? So I don't know if this is exactly. Hang on, here we. I got a trivia about the script. Seven million dollars have been spent on sets that were never used. Just think about that for a second. $7 million. Um, that's, Sigourney, that's over Sigourney Weaver's uh, payment. Uh, 
before they'd even started filming. During filming, the script was still constantly changing and being rewritten uh, with new versions faxed to the studio on a near daily basis. Cast and crew often filmed the scene and learned the next day that it had been scrapped. <laughs> so that's just like, that's a dude, that's just someone sitting in Fox just going like, oh, I don't like it. Like, what? what? Why? What? It's like so, but so weird. I don't know. I'm fascinated by it. Someone's probably written a book about it. That sounds like something you'd write a solid book about. And I, I think there's a movie. I mean, there's a oh, movie about the fir- making the first one. I've seen it like a lot of, um, and even that one, it's like, like producers were on their ass all the time, and there was like a lot of people always walking in and trying to make like change things and stuff. So, right. Yeah. Wreckage. Thing there's that. Sorry, you're Sorry. right. No, no, go for it. Oh, uh, just like on that producers in their ass notes. It seems like it's like, you know, these first three all have that issue where like, not issue necessarily, but like, you know, where people have interfered with like, um, with like the director's vision and the writer's script or whatever. But I remember watching the, the special edition for the fourth film, like the director intros it and he's like, this is not a director's cut because my cut is the one that went to theaters. So like, it's like by the fourth film, they learned to just listen to the director, but like by that time it was too late because they shouldn't have listened to the director. <laughs> yeah, because it's like the worst thing <laughs> yeah. Dude, they, they just can't do anything right. Um, that's so funny. So, uh, yeah, there is apparently a documentary called Wreckage and Rage, Making Alien 3. <laughs> so uh, but that sounds like it definitely covers all of that stuff. That's super interesting. I feel like Fincher tried to make it thematically dense unlike the other films which were just kind of you know uh like this kind of silent stalker horror um and then just like kind of you know action man in space type thing mm-hmm. whereas this one felt like you know finch actually wanted to use the film to say something but you know i think that was definitely lost in your version and then i think oh, yeah. just in my version i just didn't pick up on what it was because i saw a few people throwing things around and i was like i did not get this but you know i think it's obvious that he tried to say something what were some of those suggestions that people had? I saw one suggesting terminal illness, which was interesting. Oh. Um, but then, like, interesting. Yeah. And it, it, it's an idea I like, but I'm not 100% on how it entirely works, you know? But, um, like, that's yeah. the one that I like the most. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I need to watch the other version of it. I mean, I can see some pieces, I guess. Like, Ripley's got a, a freaking alien inside of it. And, uh, and religion sort of can be relevant to that. Yeah, I think I think it's like I think the religion adds to uh, adds to it a lot. Yeah, it I would be like, cool if this was a good movie. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hundred percent. The way the I really like the way yeah. that like it's a different violence to the previous films. It's a there's definitely a, a different aesthetic to to the gore, you know. Yeah, I think it's more bloody. I think it's like more horror. Yeah. yeah. I, I uh, like I love the autopsy scene as well. Like it's like like when he like as he like cuts into it and like it's just. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I love how she says, "Be careful!" Like, what's a careful way to cut a chest open? No, because it's yeah. be careful because she's worried that the alien's going to pop out of her. Oh okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. How did we feel that Newt just died off screen? By the way, good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, would it be good to have seen it? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I never liked her anyway, but it's just one of those sequel things that's sort of. I don't know. It's fine. It's not like a. It's not like a compl- major complaint, but it's sort of just like. I don't know. I don't really enjoy when sequels like just 
make nothing of a character that's like pivotal to the previous movie, you know? Like she was so important in the previous movie. We had to go back and save her and all this shit. I didn't give a shit about it there either. Don't get me wrong, but it was just sort of like, oh, now she's just nothing to this story. Yeah, but that's what Fincher wanted. He wanted to create a different product that's like that kind of ends the franchise, and he didn't want to. Like, I'm pretty sure that's like that's what I saw, right? Like, it's he wanted to stray away from like you know that kind of family storyline because that was one of the original scripts that were that was given like back in like just after Aliens. Where like it was, uh, it was them trying to play family back on Earth, and then like Michael Bean gets like um paranoid that there's an alien in him or something like that. And I think they like like I think when Finch, Finch came along, he didn't want that really. Yeah, that's it. Like uh, like I like Fincher, I like you a lot, and you probably had and, and when you decided to scrap that, you probably had a better idea that you were, <laughs> your movie wasn't going to turn out like this. But I don't know that that to me to sound like a way more interesting idea personally to me. What like them playing life. family? No, and Michael Bean becoming paranoid. That sounds cool. And they're on yeah, Earth. That's, that's not alien though. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't know. I'd hate to see Ripley in a domesticated role. Like, I mean, like I'm, I'm sure like they'd, they'd, they, you know, she'd eventually break that, and then like you know she'd become like the normal badass. But like I'd hate to see them mm. play. I'd, I'd hate to see it play into that role, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sort of bored of Ripley at this point. I mean, she's dead, but she'll be back. Maybe, sort of. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm curious about that. We can probably get to our final verdicts, I imagine. Mm. Go for it, Liam. I don't know. It was kind of... It wasn't engaging at the end, you know. Bottom line, it wasn't really engaging. So, I don't know. Four out of ten again. Yeah. Again. Yeah, like, this is a movie that I like quite a bit. But I, I think that it, it, it I, I still do feel largely unengaged, despite all the things that we've talked about. Mm. But I'm going to keep it to six. Like that's what I gave it the first time out, and I think a six is justified and very fair. Um, with this version that I watched, with the special edition of the theatrical release, is there like a separate listing on Letterboxd for the assembly cut? I don't think so. That's a shame. Because I, I, I know that there's. Was. I know that there are for like some films like like um like Kill Bill like has three entries of like one two and then the whole thing, and then like that's just I know, dumb. I know some other ones also have like oh alternate like Zack Snyder's Justice League obviously. Right. Yeah. But then yeah, that's it's weird to me. Yeah. But then you can't get a director's cut of any of the Alien movies as a yeah weird yeah. Should we fly over to New Zealand and? Just hack just, the studio. Yeah. Just fix their goddamn listings. Get add TV shows. Um I'll give this movie a four. I was bored as shit during this goddamn movie, man. Uh it's it's coherent, sort of. And may actually maybe not <laughs> compared to Jaden's version, but it's it was unoffensively boring. I also forgot to mention that I just hate the way it looks. Um can't stand it. It's just the most brown, ugly looking shit I've ever seen. It's I just, love it. I love I'm it. I'm gonna vomit watching this looking at this goddamn screen, dude. Um, Actually, you, I think I think color really grading did I think color grading did occur in like the special edition as well. Like like they did regrade it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it at all, really. Let's go to news chat. Where we're gonna talk about the one and only story anyone needs to talk about this week, and that is the released deleted scene for the Batman. 
How cool is this? We get to go back to our Batman review, but just talk about a scene. How cool is that? So the deleted scene released, uh, Matt Reeves had talk about, talked about this scene a few weeks ago. I didn't really expect for it to release online this early. I thought they'd wait for the Blu-ray, but anyway. Yeah, I can't believe they released it either. That's that's nutty. It's weird. Um, it's cool though. I don't mind. Um, so it's this deleted scene where old man Robert Battinson goes to visit Joker, goes to visit in prison this Barry Keehan version of the Joker that we briefly saw in the film, but he actually goes and speaks to him one-on-one. There's an implied history between the two, which is cool, and they have a chat. And to the whole, the, in terms of the plot, it's actually quite an extensive scene. It's about four minutes long, but the whole plot reason, I assume it would be inserted so- somewhere in the sort of, I assume, in the middle of the film somewhere to just another thing for Batman to go and get some insight. But anyway, yeah, I'm just now explaining what it is. What do you think of it, Jaden? Good. Very, very good. I think this is lifted from The Long Halloween, if I remember correctly, like in part one. I'm pretty sure there's a scene there where Batman does go to consult the Joker in like Arkham. Um, so I think, yeah, it's like, it's like, so it's, it's reminiscent of that scene where like he gives it to him, like he gives him the papers and shit like that. Um, but no, I like, I like, uh, I love the, the scene that, that we're showing, you know, I think Barry Keegan's Keegan, as you said, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. He's Irish <laughs> though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So probably, it's probably, yeah, it's something fucked. Um, <laughs> um, I love the Joker that he portrays. It seems more game-like, um, and more, um, like the animated films in terms of just like derangedness and like kind of depiction, um, mm. I love the scene itself. The scene itself is just quite good, like in terms of just acting and just kind of like, you know, just atmosphere building. It, it has all the same traits as the rest of the film, obviously. Yeah, what about uh, you, Fitzy? Oh, sorry, sorry, you're still gone. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just, just going to say, like, you know, like, I, I think it's better that they took it out because I, I, like, I'd, I'd rather the Joker be left, you know, out of it. But, like, at the same time, if it was in there, I wouldn't mind at all. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I mean, I feel like it probably would, that would have been the scene that probably pushed it over three hours because I think it was about that long. Liam, what'd you think? It was okay. It wasn't good. It was kind of, I don't know. It was very Heath Ledger-y. Um, tried. It felt a bit like it, it would have really fucking sucked if it was in the movie. Um, and it felt like it, it, it was trying a bit hard to make it like, I don't know, edgy and intimidating, I guess. But I don't know. Maybe if it was fleshed out, it would have been cool, but definitely good that they deleted it yeah i don't know like i totally i totally understand why they deleted it because it it doesn't really add anything to the plot in terms of like batman in the scene doesn't learn anything from the joker that's actually pivotal to now he he, you know in terms of what he goes and does next in the film you know there's not really a story beat there um i still much prefer it to the scene we got of joker in the movie um, and I like the idea, even though it doesn't have a plot purpose. Again, why it's why I understand it was deleted, but I like the idea of like it's like a Hannibal Lecter thing, which I saw someone say, and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. It's cool. I like the idea that instead of it just feeling like this awkward ass like post credit scene in the in the at the end of the movie where oh hey guys look Joker's here look instead like it's something that Bruce goes and does, and because he wants to consult someone, it's kind of interesting to me. I like it sort of in itself the way the scene that was in the movie with him 
felt it was just like it was just a post credit tease like hey guys what joker's joker's gonna be in the next movie and it was just sort of like whatever here it feels like it has a bit more significance in terms of i like the implied history between the two like it's it's cool it makes it feel more like oh joker's just in this universe like i feel like if this scene were in the film and not the one we got we wouldn't be all like oh they're teasing joker for the sequel necessarily as obviously you know like he probably i guess it would very much imply that we'd see him again but i don't think it would be as obvious that joker's definitely going to be the villain next time like it just feels like oh joker's just in this world and we'll see him pop up like in the next film he might just do the same thing he might just go and visit and have a chat again you know and that's cool i sort of like that Mm. so i don't know if i even like if i personally even like really like hannibal like the thing though like, I understand, like, deleting for the plot, whatever, but, like, it's not, I don't know, I don't like that by itself. Well, I guess I don't really, like, the Silence of the Lambs, like, the least interesting parts for me are the Hannibal Lecter things. I don't think it's that. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. But that's where you get, like, I differ from you guys, I guess. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting, though. I mean, it definitely gave me that vibe, though, I think. And... I oh, know. I kind of liked. I liked Barry in the scene. I don't know. I quite enjoyed him. I get what you mean. Like, I feel like he. I, I struggle with how much we sort of, because I understand the Heath Ledger comparisons, but I sort of am also just struggling with, like, how much do we sort of just project that? Yeah. You know, like, how much is it actually similar to Heath Ledger, or are we just sort of always constantly comparing every Joker we ever see to Heath Ledger? And we probably will for the rest of time, you know? Because I do think it's different in ways. The makeup was kind of the most similar part to me, actually, that they that they did with him because really? Joaquin, Joaquin's makeup is quite distinct, you know? Actually, to be fair, I, don't, I never really felt that Joaquin was similar to Heath Ledger, so maybe that is a point to Fitzy's perspective too. I don't know. Because he sort of had the same, I don't know, had the same sort of messed up, like sort of f- painted on himself vibe, which I felt was quite distinct to, to Heath's version. But like, uh, in terms of speech, like he has the same like kind of drawl. Like he kind of extends everything out, like, like I, a big yeah, sigh fair. or something. That was the one that's part fair. that I picked up. And like, I don't think Jack Nicholson or Joaquin Phoenix share that with Heath Ledger. I think that's that's no, that's fair. That's true. I don't feel like his drawl was as. I felt like it was different though. It just felt it it it, it felt more. I don't know. It, I I don't think it felt like Heath Ledger's role. I mean, like it just, it just I don't I don't think that in itself. Mm. Who I don't know. It, it felt bit... like it felt like Jared Leto's role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that and him being a bit twitchy. I guess. I don't know. It was definitely like if you're talking about inspiration, like definitely the biggest inspiration there. You can point to. I don't know. I, I I definitely feel like I'd 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 sooner go to games and games and animated films for inspiration than Heath Heath Ledger. From this one, from yeah, this guy. Yeah, I mean, he feels very like Arkham. Like like his look is definitely more like oh, like an Arkham Joker, I guess. But, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, so God, it's so weird. Yeah, we're all like sort of slightly different with it. I don't because I sort of I, I get that comparison more from the dialogue. I feel like the dialogue in terms of what he's actually saying feels more like Game Joker or like Comic Joker, you know. But I sort of get what Fitzy's saying about the about the drool. Like I sort of get that. I get that. I said drool. <laughs> he was just drooling. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like everyone and their mum's got a different opinion on Joker and stuff. He's just that iconic of a character that he's just sort of divisive, I guess. I just enjoyed, like, actually, the most the thing I enjoyed most about it was just getting an extra sort of like two minutes of Robin Pattinson as Batman. Mm-hmm. He was just great in the scene again. I'm like, oh, dude, I just want to, can I just rewatch this movie with you in it again? He's great. I think it's interesting that that, that there's an implied history, and I because you know this is a. It's like we said in the thing that this is a young Batman who's only had like, you know, one year of experience. So like, you know, was that experience with Joker or was Joker someone that was already terrorizing Gotham and then he kind of took up the mantle because of the Joker? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that age old question of like, does do the supervillains flock to Batman or does Batman, you know what I mean? Or does did the supervillains only exist in Gotham in the first place because Batman's there. Like, does Batman actually cause all Gotham's problems? Hmm. It's it, it, When people make that argument, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, now we can get into our highlights of the week, I suppose. I watched the, um, the Fokker, the Fokker trilogy. So the it is a trilogy. trilogy. Oh, you watched all three? Yeah, it's a trilogy. I did, yeah. Um, I was totally joking last week when I said rewatch them, but then I saw they're on Netflix and made the appearances on Netflix and curiosity got hold of me, got the best of me, I guess. Um, the first two are actually pretty funny and enjoyable, and like the first one's premise is pretty simple, like easy to, um, like dramatically simple, like you need to like impress the dad, and the dad is like, you know. He's like strict and it's like kind of gatekeeping um, the daughter. But then, like, as the series goes on, it kind of that kind of devolves. Like, the second one is like meet the parents. Like, you know, he's got to accept the parents now. And the third one is like, can he be the head of the family or whatever? And like, I, I hate the third one. The third one sucks. It's like, there's like grand, there's like Godfather jokes. Um, and it's like a, there's like a parody of like the Godfather theme, and I don't know. There's like a joke about there's like boner jokes, and it's just it's just it's so lazy. And it's like it's not as it's also just not as like um, solid in terms of its premise as the other two. Like, what he has to like lead the kids or lead the family, or you know, like I don't know. It's not the other two. Like it makes a little bit of sense, but the third one just kind of devolves. Um into into nothing but um yeah i mean hey, is the third one little fuckers is that what that one's called yeah yeah little okay fuckers. I, I didn't know um but yeah ben still is good i've been estranged from ben still over the years but he's good i used to watch tower heist and all the time so, yeah he's the director of that severance show severance oh really yeah, yeah he directed that whole thing is that the what's that? The Apple Show. Uh, People yeah. seem to like it at the moment. He's sort of more behind the camera guy these days. I think I haven't seen him as like a in the movie. And well, he's directed quite a few films. Yeah, I mean, has he been in a prominent film as the star since like Walter Mitty? Was it twenty thirteen? Yeah, Zoolander uh, two, I think was. Yeah, I think that came out after that. It's been mm-hmm. a while though, right? Yeah. Oh, good for him. Because he directed Tropic Thunder, I think, right? 
Yeah, he directed, he directed Reality Bites, he directed uh, Zealander, I want to. Oh, okay, cool. So he directed those two. Cool. All right. Good on you, Ben. I appreciate that uh, analysis of Ben Stiller's character arc across the Parents trilogy. Mm. Well, I think he plays like a normal guy pretty well in a weird situation. Like he's that comedic. <laughs> not the museum is the exact same thing, but oh, yeah, he's, yeah. he's good at that. I forgot about those movies. Oh, man. Um, Jan, what are you watching? I watched Ocean's Eleven. Uh, oh, yeah. Big Stevie. Soderbergh. Uh, yeah, that's right. You know, it was... I I, I don't think I gave it enough... Um, I don't. I, I don't think I, I. I gave it enough attention to like actually appreciate it. Like it was just because you know I thought it was very stock standard, but then looking at it afterwards, it seems like people love it and praise it heavily, which shocked me. Um, you know, it, it's it's a heist film. It's it's a heist film in Vegas. You know, it's not like particularly interesting. You know, like it's a cool quirky cast of characters, but like I just don't care about. It. I don't care about George Clooney and his wife. I don't, you know. I just, um, it's just, it's, it's just a non. It's just not a very interesting film to me. Um, like it has its enjoyable moments, and I think it's still adequate as a product. But like, you know, I think I think the highest, you, you know, once again, it's this, it's this thing that you know, modern day was spoiled for choice. And like, you know, I think I've experienced many much better heist films, more interesting concepts better locations and all this, all the shit you know so like mm. although this may be a good one you know it's not not personally very interesting for me um you know six out of ten do you know it's sort of standing in the genre because i feel like when you think about like the mainstream heist film people think of oceans 11 is it yeah was it what was it like was it an evolution of a formula that already existed or was it or like or, or not even an evolution like a like a big budget, like coming out party for that genre, I guess. Or was it was it genuinely innovative for its time? Like I've got, I don't really understand the history of that of that prototype of story, you know, where you like assemble the team and all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure, like how unique it is in in, in the genre. Um, the 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 film like makes a big shit about it you know being a casino heist instead of just like a normal bank heist so maybe that maybe that's like a thing i don't mm. really know though um yeah yeah it's just i was just curious like, about that big the cast is as well you know like, i mean like you think it's big well like it, like it still only focuses on fucking george and brad and like you know then like the antagonist and that's it like it like you know like there's a lot of people but they're just They've got hardly any screen time to really do anything. Yeah. Does anyone interesting play the villain? I don't remember. Andy Garcia. Who's that? No. Wait, is he the Godfather Part Three guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Cool. My my vague memory of watching that film was that I was bored in the first half, and then I found the second half really fun. That's sort of all I remember about it. And there's like the there's the little like Asian gymnast guy. He <laughs> <laughs> <It> was fun. <laughs> Yeah. I remember that. Um, what am I watching? I don't know. Nothing. I don't know. Oh no, I watched shit. Oh no, sorry. I watched Boogie Nights. I watched um PTA's Boogie Nights, man. And I sort of 
dude, I like sort of had this weird awakening where I'm like, oh, I haven't seen Boogie Nights. I watched Boogie Nights and then I put it on. I was like, man, I actually haven't seen many of PTA's films at all. <laughs> I sort of feel like I've seen more than I have. And I really haven't. Um, I've seen less than half still, I think. So I've got to, I've got to get on that now for sure. But um, yeah, dude, what a great ass movie this was. I had a blast and it just, it was sort of jumping into it. I was like, uh, two hours and 35 minutes, like, I don't know. And then I was like, oh, but I'm never get. I'm probably, I should just commit now while I've got the time. I'll just do it. And then I, so, but then I was just in, it was just a blast. And it was actually one of those things where like scene to scene, like the performances are so good. The, the movie's really engaging and really funny and very surprising. And it's just like, it's everything you want a movie to be on an entertainment level. But then like when it ended, I sort of like, there was such a clear vision to the film that I did the thing where I sit there for like a few minutes and I'm just like, I have to, because this is what I have to do. Because I, to like fully connect with a movie, I have, it has to be about something to me or at least have, I need to be able to articulate it in some way. Not that it has to have like a clear message or anything necessarily, but it has to have like a, an identity, a heart to it. And I was sort of sitting there and I was like, so what was that for this movie? Like I knew it was there a hundred percent. Like it was so obvious there was one, but I was just like, I was trying to figure it out and I couldn't figure it out. So anyway, so then I threw an aid on it because I thought it was great. I had a great time. And then I read the trivia um, on IMDb as I do. And I came across a PTA quote of what the film is about to him. And I was like, fuck, that's it. He's, he's nailed it. And I, on the spot, I was like, I want to put it to a nine now. But I'm like, no, no, I'm already, damn it. I've already put the score on it. Um, but I was like, damn, like that's so, that's so spot on. And what he talked about was, uh, and anyone who's not a spoiler at all, but anyone who's seen it knows exactly what this is. He says that the film is about people finding their dignity. And I'm like, yeah, oh my God, that's genius. Like that's it like connected where I'm like, I a hundred percent see every bit you're going for there now, because I was sort of wrestling with the fact that like these characters, they grow so much and change so much. And we follow them through such a long period of time, but, I was, but they don't really change. They don't really have, they sort of have anti arcs. And I was sort of like trying to figure all that in my head, but that's sort of the thing is that they don't really change in terms of what they, they do, but they, they, but they do clearly grow. And that's what it is. They find their dignity throughout the film. And if you've seen it, it's just like, that is so spot on. I just, I loved it for that reason as well. So I was like, it went from like, dude, that movie was a blast to now it's like, dude, that movie's like genius vision. Like I get it. Like that's, that's awesome. I love that. So what a great, what a great ass movie. We can only, PTA's Pete, you know, what what, he, what else can he do? He can do so many other things I haven't seen. That was like sarcasm to say. Um, so yeah, Liam, what should I, what should I go to next? I don't know when to go. There's too many next? options. There's too many options. I can go, I can go backwards. I can go forwards. You know, I don't know what to do. I don't know. My thinking was just Magnolia. Just go to the next one. Mm. But I don't know how wise that is. You're the expert here. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say Magnolia. Yeah. Yeah. And then give three hours. Yeah. <laughs> right, dude. I might just watch it tonight. Why not? I'm I'm on a, I'm on a PTA high right now. I may as well just yeah, get right, it. Right. Let's go. May as, well, may as well go and do it. I think yeah. I might. We'll see. Oh shit! No, I wanted to watch West Side Story before the Oscars on Monday. I might do that. Actually, it's another. It's another Our three Oscars hours. On Monday, fuck's sake. Yeah, that's another three hours. God damn. So yeah, we'll have those to talk about next week, if we want to. Oh yeah, that's perfect timing.
Um, okay, as always, now we hand the show over to you with our question of the show. Last week we asked you, what has been your favourite experience watching a 3D film? Luke said, dude, Shrek 4D at Movie World. Completely, we said 3D, not 4D. Have you guys ever done 4D or any, because I know 4D is obviously complete bullshit, but like, have you ever done any version of it? Or maybe, have you done 7D? Have you guys seen 7D? Yeah. Yeah, I done 4D. Where'd you go? I have no idea. I remember I had water sprinkled on my legs or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite it's quite a good experience just to do like a one-off thing. Where'd you uh, go, Chad? Well, I did um, I did Journey to the Center of the Earth at Movie World in 4D, and then there's like you know like those 70th cinemas that like pepper the Gold Coast. Yes, yes. Yeah, that, I, that's I actually did, exactly what I was thinking with 7D. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did one of those. What are they like? Like, what do you watch? Um, with those ones, it's a it's it's a lot more gamified. Like, it's it's not an actual like story oriented thing. It's like the one I did was like run along the Great Wall. So you, it's like this kind of first person thing, and you're like you know like a rickshaw, and it's just this dude running along you know, the Great Wall, and like the whole the whole fucking like seating thing is rigged up, and it's just like you know up and down and shit like that. Oh, and, you know, okay. obviously with like the the air. And you know the water spray and all that. Right. So it's all that too. Yeah. So the seven is like a it's it's, it's like a it's like a ten minute experience and it's just like oh, you know, okay. short, not really story oriented things. It's just you know, it's like a ride basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Got it. Got. It. I was going to ask how long it was. So yeah, ten minutes. Cool. Um, but Luke actually said my favorite three D movie was actually How to Train Your Dragon. That was great. I did see Avatar in three D, but I was too young to appreciate it. I think I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah, I saw Avatar in 3D. I, I mean, didn't, didn't everyone saw Avatar in 3D, right? I didn't watch it as soon as. Well, yes. You saw it in 3D, Fitzy? That's my answer, Avatar, by the way. Oh, cool. Okay, spoilers, spoilers. Let's come down here. Andy said, sadly, never been to a 3D movie at the theatre or at home before. Closest to seeing one was when I was nine years old. My primary school went to see some human body doco movie at IMAX, and as we walked in, I saw a Melbourne primary school class with 85% Asian kids in their class with 3D glasses in their eyes and walked in to watch Despicable Me next door, like a bunch of smug C-words that rhyme with punts. That's that's a piece of lore now, isn't it, that one? Uh, we didn't get to see it, though, of course. You guys are Despicable Me fans, actually. Yeah. I liked the first one. I don't know if I've seen the others. I oh, know I've definitely seen the second one. Anyway, favorite three D movie. Fitz, you already spoiled it. You said Avatar. Yeah, I saw Avatar three times. Yeah. So three times in three D, three times. Um, I don't know if it was three D or yeah, maybe. I don't know. I remember seeing it three D though, and it was pretty good. Lean's the reason it became a two billion dollar film. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Avengers Endgame came close, but Fitzy pushed it back over. Yeah. Very well done. Very well done. Oh, that's the, but you know what's so interesting? I was actually thinking with the Avatar sequel coming out this year and with us getting a trailer probably in the, very, you know, in the next few months, like is that – and 3D not really existing anymore. What does that mean for that movie? Like is that movie – is it going to be a 3D thing? Like are they going to market it the same? Is it going to be the same sort of experience? Is James Cameron trying to make it a 3D experience still? Or does he just not give a shit about that anymore? Like, I'm I'm curious. I don't know how that's going to go. Like, are they going to bring back 3D just for this? Like, or does he not still care? Because I, I had a look. Uh, I had a look when I was looking for this a question. But like, like a, the, a lot of the questions were like, 
is 3D still like a thing? And like they do still shoot in 3D. I just think it's like a lot more limited. It's like it wouldn't surprise me if it's if this is like a 3D experience. Yeah, but that's so interesting for like the theaters. Like they don't. I'm sure they can still project 3D, but what do they have to like buy all the glasses again? Like I don't know if Village has got all glasses still there. You know, like sitting around. I'm not sure how, like if they'd even allow that to happen because like. I know just at school using safety glasses after every student uses them, you have to, you know, they get wiped down and like kind of, you know, cleaned. So like does, would a, would village, you know, want to wipe oh. down and clean every pair of. Those glasses were just disposable though, right? Well, did uh, they re, they didn't reuse them, did they? I'm pretty sure they were reusable ones. Really? Because they, they were like hard framed, right? Yeah. I sort of recall that throwing them out though, but. Maybe I'm wrong. I remember them being. I remember there being like a specific, like, like, like a, like a bin type thing for you to put them in. But like, I think it was like the one that they, you know, they just reuse. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. Of course. Uh, Jane, what's yours? Um, How to Train Dragon as well because it's the only one oh. I remember. Like, I have such a distinct memory of leaving the theater like multiple times and leaving my glasses there, but like. I just do not remember any of the other times, any of the other films. I only ever, I can only remember How to Train Your Dragon. So yeah, in terms of theater experience, that's that's got to be it. Cool. I didn't see that one in theater. I saw the second one though. I really liked the second one, How to Train Your Dragon too. I haven't seen the third one still. I feel like that maybe is that a trilogy franchise review coming up? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I watched the third one recently for the first time. It's quite. Was it good? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, come on, guys. Do you know who I am? It's the Phantom Menace 3D, of course. Did you guys go to that? Did you, did you watch oh, that? Because yeah. they did that re-release as well. <laughs> they sure did. They sure did. It's a great time. I have no eye for 3D, like, technically. So I was – I don't know. Like, I, I probably still wouldn't be able to notice, but, like, how different it is going to, a like, a remastered film – for 3d versus a film shot in 3d you know i wonder how different that makes the experience i really don't know because of course the phantom menace was not shot uh in with 3d cameras in 1999 so yeah i don't know but i had a blast watching the phantom menace in 3d i do recall i think in if i'm not mistaken in 2010 or something like that i think yeah it's a great time you can't go wrong the phantom menace is just a blast of a film anyway you know so Doing it yeah, in 3D sure, only. Sure, yeah. It only just explodes off the screen more. Uh, when he tries spinning, when he tried spinning, <laughs> it felt like he, he spanned right on my face. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, anyway, as always, we'd love you to submit your questions, thoughts, reviews for next week's film in the YouTube comments section. Send us a DM on Instagram or join the Discord next week. For the grand episode 100, we'll be asking you. What has been the worst episode of Cinema Effect? Correct answers only, please. No sarcasm. I want you to be brutal. All right. I want you to deeply analyze episode 73. It was terrible because Zach said this and he was really racist. Go use whatever logic you want to use. That's fine. Whatever criteria. Yeah, Zach was racist can be applied to so many episodes. At least 15. <laughs> At least 15. Um. So, yeah, so, yeah, that's it for this week's episode of Cinema Effect. Thanks, everyone. Liam, what's happening next week? We're doing Tenet. Um, it's going to be not just any regular. Like, by the way, Tenet's on Netflix and Fox now, but 
Should we should we spoil regular... should we spoil what's gonna make it special? Should shouldn't we? No. I don't I feel like it is a fun surprise. Alright, well they might not even know, but um <laughs> we're gonna be doing something different that you might pick up on or not. We'll probably talk about it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if we just did the whole thing without making it obvious what's going on and that like no one could tell. Yeah. I f- I feel like uh, that's actually what I'm curious about, like listening back to it how different it's going to feel and sound just like as a listening experience. I feel like there's going to be something there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably going to be way worse. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Anyway, we'll see you all next week for episode 100. If you'll care to join us, we appreciate you tuning in today. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. Thanks guys for joining me too, by the way, never forget that part and we'll see you later. Goodbye.